You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. So, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke. Well, I wish we had time, but for sake of time, I won't read the whole chapter, but most of us heard about this chapter when we were kids. If you grew up in church, you heard about it. This Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Well, that's, prior to this verse, you'll hear that. But I want you to look, if you would, at Luke chapter number 19, verse 10. And that's... That's the, I didn't get this from any other preacher. It's not wrong to, because there's nothing new under the sun. It's not wrong to get ideas from other preachers when they're preaching. You and I both have done that. Say amen there. But then God gives you some things sometimes that, hey, I never heard anybody else preach about the most important verse in the Bible. But you see, what we could do is cross-reference this one to many, many other verses in the Bible that say the same thing. Look what it says. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now that seek thing, every one of us that's saved here tonight, you experience that seek thing. You say, what's that? John chapter 6 and verse 44, a parallel verse says, No man can come except the Father which has sent me draw him. We're reminded how rotten we are. Say amen there, oh me. We are reminded of how sinful we are. We agree with God that we deserve to burn in hell, but thank God that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so we don't have to go to hell. We get to go to heaven. Even though we are rotten. Say amen there. Some of us sin today. Few of you admitted it. (laughs) But we do. But thank God, if you're saved... You can't sin and get away with it. Because Hebrews chapter 12 says, Those whom he loveth, he chasteneth every son whom he receiveth. So if you're saved and you've done wrong and you wasn't chastened, then the Bible uses that bad word which is illegitimate. Of course, the world has made it a cuss word. But I'm thankful tonight that he came. To seek and to save that which was lost. And every one of us that's here, you can give testimony of how the Lord drew you to salvation. Maybe it was through a message. Maybe it was just you sitting in the Bible. Somehow, with me, I came home. Are you listening? I came home after going out with another fella. He called me up and said, hey, how about showing me the town? He was like, fellas, he was the old beer-drinking buddy, and I was lost. My wife thought I was saved when we got married. But she seen the truth after about six years. And so I went ahead and went out with him, and we went to those places. And I was never so miserable in all my life. Isn't the blessing that you remember when you got saved? You was miserable. But that dear lady over there was praying I was miserable. I found out later on. And it worked. I was miserable. I couldn't enjoy myself. And when I got home, 
she was, I looked across the kitchen, I opened the door, lights were all on, I looked across the kitchen, into the living room, and there was the sofa there. She was kneeling by the sofa. She said, I've been here all the time you've been gone. Praying that you weren't in a bar, but knowing that that's probably where you were. And I was miserable. Yeah. And you know what she said to me? She said, I can't, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I'm going home to my parents. I thought, she's going to leave me? I love my wife. love the kids. She told me later on that, I guess she's trying to scare me, but what she thought as long as Sonny was in town and he's, he's in a school there, some, some, some corporation sent him to school, as long as he's there, I'm just going to go home to my folks. That's what she told me later on. But I thought she meant for good. I went into the bedroom and cried like a baby. Cried and cried and cried and said, dear God, I've, I've messed up. You see, my brother tried to lead me to the Lord when I was 16. I even prayed with him. I said, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I prayed the prayer with my brother and he thought I got saved. But you see, if you just say the words, there's nothing here. Like the scripture says, with the heart. Anyway, that that night it was in my heart. I said, Lord, I'm, I know now that I've never been saved. And you see, when, when the Lord convicts you, you cannot get saved. Are you listening? You cannot get saved unless that happens. You heard that statement, if it works, don't fix it. You got to realize first there's something broke. And I was miserable. And I come home that night, and then I, then I was real. I said, Lord, I realized tonight that I'll end up in hell if I don't get saved. And so uh, no one took a Bible. My brother, I knew the Romans road. My brother tried to lead me to the Lord. I knew what to do. And so it was just the Lord and I. But that's all it took. I said, dear God, I am so sorry. Lord, save me. And he did. And that's been 54 years ago this past July the 9th. And it was real. Amen. Friend and I, do you remember when the Lord called you? He came to seek you. He knew so much about you. He even said in his word that your very steps are numbered. The hairs of your head are numbered. Can you imagine that? He knows how many hairs are on your head. Even, though, even if you shave them, he knows how many are there. Yeah. chuckle about it, but that's the kind of God we serve. Yes. He's so far above us, we can't be, our, our minds can't wrap around that. But he gives us the grace, extends us the grace to believe the word of God that says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'm going to give you a few thoughts that the Lord has given me. And God's word, our authority, you don't need to take it so he thinks he's smart, he thinks he's somebody, the most important verse in the Bible, but you, you understand where I'm coming from now. Because it's over and over and over how we get saved. The importance, it tells us in this scriptures, verse 10 tells us why the Lord Jesus <clears throat> came into this world after we are saved. We too should go into the world to reach sinners. Same in there. And we're looking for some reasons why. The condition of the sinner. 
That ought to motivate us. You see, let me give this to you. The heart is deceitful, seven, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Did you know that it doesn't say lost people, it doesn't say saved people. It says the heart. Did you know that some of us have done some of the wicked, more wicked things after we got saved than when we, before we were saved? Does that mean we wasn't saved? No, it just means you're, you're human and you have flesh. And this flesh not going to heaven. And so we, we uh, follow the flesh sometimes. The heart is deceitful. The mind is darkened. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. And the body is dying. That's the condition of the sinner. You witness to people, and I've witnessed them not long ago. Yeah, I guess I'm going to die one of these days, but uh, the Lord will take care of that. He knew, he believed there was a God. Believed that Jesus... And so did I. I believe there was a God. I believe Jesus died for me. Hey, you can believe there's a God, believe Jesus died for you and still die and go to hell. And that's where that man was headed. So the condition of the sinner, number one, most important thing in the Bible, Jesus draws us and he saves us. They're hooked together there. Isn't that good? When I was studying that, I thought, they're hooked together. He came to seek and to save. Number two, the consequence of sin. The consequence of sin is so terrible, it ought to motivate every one of us that's saved to, go, to gobble up some of those gospel tracts out there Amen. and take some with you. I, I was going to read some more letters. Let me just tell you a story. I, uh, I, I try to practice what I preach. Preachers ought to practice what they preach. Yes. And so uh, I have carried gospel tracts since 1968, that was one of the things that I just believed in. Hey, the Word of God. Anyway, we were with the Rochester family in Lubbock, Texas a few years back. And uh, the kids always tell us, Ben and Becky, they'll, they'll say, thanks for babysitting mom and dad. You know, they're older. And, by the way, they're retired now. They're not going to go out anymore as of January 1. How many remember the Rochesters? We used to come here with them. Not here, but the other, the other building. But anyway, we was out with Harold and Joyce, and one of the things that I have practiced doing is I carry these kind of tracks. Can you see what it is? No, you can't see it. I'll just get a little bit closer. Maybe, maybe some of them young people, they, they even know this language. Anybody know that language? Anyway, I learned a little bit of Spanish, and one of them is Dios la bendiga. You know what that is? God bless you. And so while we were sitting there in the restaurant, these three Mexicans came in and sat next to us. And I says to Mary, as I, I got these, I got three tracks out like that. And I'm going to go over there and give each one of the gospel tracks. You can witness to those Spanish-speaking people when you have Spanish tracks. So I went to them, is anybody of these men, I said, any of you speak English? And the one says, yeah, I speak, I speak a little bit English, he says. And I said, you mean poquito? Yeah, and he smiled. I knew poquito, because poquito in Spanish is a little bit. So anyway, I gave all three of them a gospel track. And anyway, while we were eating, we watched them look at the tracks. And first one would get done with his, and he'd wait for the fellow next to him to get done with his, and they passed them back and forth. And so uh, I think I may have said this last time. I was so, so excited about it, I just... <laughs> 
If I may, do you remember me talking about it last time? You don't remember it, huh? You don't remember what you preached last week either, do you? <laughs> anyway, uh, we, we watched them uh, read the tracts, and two of them said, no English. And that, that's interesting. No English, but they said no English in English. <laughs> but they meant no, Eng no English. And, uh, but the other one, he could speak a little bit of English. But anyway, we, we watched them read the tracts. And it was uh, Orion's restaurant. They don't have them anymore. How many's ever eaten at Orion's? You can go back and back and back. Golden Corral, they're, they're closing them up too. But uh, pizza ranches are still open. They're, oh, yeah. yeah. We go to pizza ranches. Anyway, we stopped in Sioux Falls on the way to Mitchell last week and stopped at the pizza ranch. So we was here. Thought about calling you. I thought, no, nah, he'll think I want him to pay the bill, so I didn't call you. <laughs> but anyway, we watched him read the tracks, and as I went back to the food bar, I was telling this story a while back, and Mary says, make sure that you mention food bar. Because some of them restaurants have bars in. I went back to the food bar, and as I passed that one fella that could speak a little bit of English, he grabbed me by the arm and he says, sir, would you pray with me? I don't want to go to hell. Wow. I said, yes, sir, I would. So I stood there and prayed with those men. The other two that it was only Spanish, they were quite respectful and they bowed their heads as I prayed with that fella that God would help him to know for sure that he's going to heaven when he dies and hopefully he understood the track. I don't know what I prayed. But anyway, I believe that day that I led three Mexicans to the Lord, Amen. and two of them could not speak a word of English, only no English. Yes. <laughs> they could speak a word, two words. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if we carry tracks, we are equipped to pass tracks. So if I was to ask you, if you carried tracks every day, Every time you left your house, I wonder, how many, I wonder how many hands would go up. You see, if you don't carry tracks, you won't pass tracks. You're right. But if you get in the habit of and you say, well, I'm, I'm going to the grocery store. I won't see nobody. How do you know? You might see some Mexicans. I, I go to them all the time. They, get, they like Walmart. Oh, Mexicans like to go to Walmart. And you, and, and you know, if you witness to enough of them, they're just going 100 miles an hour. In fact, uh, I stopped at Walmart today. I mean, that's one of the things that you've you got to do for your wife, stop at Walmart. Yeah. And, and these two Mexicans was there. And I said, Dios la bendiga. And you know what they said back to me? Igualmente. What's that? Same to you. That's exactly what they did to me today, these two fellows. I said, Dios la bendiga. And they said, Igualmente. And I said, Any, either of you speak English? And he said, I do a little bit. And, and that happened to me just a few hours ago. And uh, I had pulled out all my Spanish tracks at Watertown. I only had one left. But I gave one track to them. And they said, thank you. Sometimes they say gracias because they don't know what thank you is. But anyway, hey, when you get, when you get letters back, from all over the world, yeah. every day. Yes, then you can be convinced to know that God's word will not return unto him void. Yes. And so I know that God has called me to the ministry of the Fellowship Track League. Not only to tell you that 
God's word is being printed and shipped all over the world. But also to challenge you to get involved. You see, when God's word says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, you think, well, that's for the preachers. No, that's for you. You say women too? Women, yo, you believe in women preachers? Yeah, I believe in women preachers. A woman can preach across the back fence to her neighbor lady, if you want to call it, if you want to call it preach. But we can carry the word of God. I get down, boy, you gotta have good eyes to see the clock there. So. Don't worry, I ain't worried about it. The condition of the sinner, they're lost. They're headed for a devil's hell. No peace, torments, no water, no rest, no babies, not one saved person there, and the devil's there. I witnessed to a man some, some time back, and he said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there with all my buddies. I said, how are you going to see them? It's going to be black. He didn't get saved and didn't even care about it. Aren't you thankful if you're saved? If you're saved, you're not wave at me. Aren't you thankful that God showed you that you were a sinner and drew you by you reminding you you were a sinner? Everybody that's saved, you, you realize you're a sinner. And then you believe the word of God that said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And so that's one thing that we need to realize the cost of salvation. Jesus took our hell. The sorrow of his betrayal. I was thinking about that when I was studying just the other night. You see, he died as a man, suffering the pain of a 33-year-old man. But yet he was God. So that's how, we, how he would say, if there's any way, Lord, let this cup pass from me. He knew what was coming, the pain, the agony that he bore. He bore our sins on the cross. The sorrow of his betrayal, he died alone. The sufferings in his body and the shedding of his blood. And if you've ever seen any movies of the shedding of blood, oh, what horrible. I've seen just clips of Passion of the Christ. I can tell you where we was at when that movie first came out. I was preaching in Arizona. And we come by the theater. And this boy come walking out of the theater crying. And I jumped out and grabbed a gospel tract and went over and talked to him. I said, you've seen Jesus. I heard about this film. I've never seen it. But I said, you heard, you've seen Jesus on the cross and how he beat you. And I told him that he was beaten for you because he loves you. And he was just so torn up from, he's probably 10, 12 years old. But if we realize, if we come to realize what he went through, a bunch of us preachers was together the other, I'm just about done. You got a few more minutes? And we were talking about nails in his hands. Now, people, they get smart and they say, well, they couldn't have been nails in his hand because they'd pull out between the fingers. But right here is still the hand. If you get close to the wrist, they'll say, hey, that's probably where the nails went in at. And that's supposition, but 
we know that there was nails in his hand. And he, they pounded nails in his hand and nails in his feet. And he looked ahead in time. You listen? And seen you. And he drew you to salvation. He knew so much about you. And he knew that if you didn't get saved, you'd end up in hell. I ask you a question. How many of you got saved the first time you knew God was calling you? Very few people. For me, it was age 16 to age 25. God continued to call me. But I kept rejecting. Oh, I must be saved. Oh, I must be saved. You know, I prayed with my brother. I must be saved. But when God convinces you that you're lost... That's one of the powerful draws that he has for us. You listening? And so many of you, I'm sure, could stand up and testify. And when you got saved, you remember when God drew you to salvation. Aren't you thankful you said yes to the Lord? Amen. Oh, you may have not always had that complete assurance. But we can have. God says, I'm coming that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So just believe the Bible. You're saved because of what he's done, not what we do. If we're, if we're saved because of what we do, we wouldn't make it for sure because we slip and fall. Because we have that flesh. Okay, one more thought. Not only the condition of the sinner, the consequence of sin, the cost of salvation, but the command of the scriptures. We already have been talking about it. Notice these commands from the word, go, Mark 16, 15, go, go into all the world. When? Today, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, today is the day of salvation. And if you'll sow the seed, did I see that in Watertown this morning? Yeah, that was in Watertown. You sow the seed, you can expect the, the Savior to reap the harvest, but we need to sow the seed. You glad you're in church tonight? Yes, sir. Dumb old farm boy from South Dakota, that's all I am. A woman got mad at me at the church after I pastored. And, Don't you call yourself dumb old farm boy. I said, that's all I am. Then I learned this phrase, I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody about somebody who will save anybody. Amen. Yeah. He saves the wretch. Like all of us were. Yes. Watch, go. When, today, where? All over the world. Mark 16, 15. And it's a blessing we get to churches and we see the pictures of the missionaries that are supported by the church. And so we know this is a mission church. I know something about you from years ago. Brother Spencer is a good friend. Got to go preach at that church over there when Oh, the preacher was gone, wasn't he? They were there. Yeah, brother, what was his name? Dickinson. Dickinson. He was gone. Brother Spencer was there. The command of the scripture, uh, the command of the scripture is what? Go, when, today, where, all over the world, why? Bring them in. Compel them. Look at one scripture and we'll be finished. Look at Luke chapter number 14. We didn't look at a lot of scriptures tonight, but we've seen a very important one, didn't we? Say amen there. Luke chapter number 14, verse 23. Luke 14, verse 23. 
And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. It's a blessing to see this many people out on Sunday night. You keep being an encouragement to this preacher, and you keep getting in on the blessings of God by showing up in church on Sunday night. There's where the blessings are at. But look where it says, I looked up that word compel. You know what you'll find out in Webster Dictionary? Even Noah Webster's, that 1828. Compel, to take by force. Compel them to come in, take by force. And I thought about West Winland. How many remember West Winland? Any of you do? How many knew his wife just passed away? I, I just preached her funeral. Rose Winland. Anyway, uh, Wes could twist people's arms and compel them to come in. He'd go to the jail and say, if you don't get born again, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> and that's just about the way he'd say it. And I thought, I guess that's what it means to compel them to come in. Because God's word says, compel them to come in. Well, another man that I knew, he just, and, and Wes was the same way. Another man that I knew, he just, he couldn't give his testimony without crying. And that's another way you can compel them, say, this is real. I believe the Bible's true, and if we don't get born again, we can end up in hell. Anyway, God's word is our authority, and it says, the command of the scriptures there, bring them in. Oh, I'm going to look at one more verse, and then we're done. Psalms 126. Psalms 126. One twenty-six, verse 6. And if you don't have that one underlined in your Bible, that's a good one to have circled in your Bible. One twenty-six, verse 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his seeds with him. So that's the concern that we ought to have. We put the tracks in our pocket every day. You go out to the grocery store, you go to Walmart, you go to the store, anywhere. Take the word of God with you. It can make a difference in people's lives. And sometimes they'll say, what's this for? Hey, it's to show you how you can know you're going to heaven. Oh, and they don't want to hear anymore, but they took the track. But if we went with a broken heart, a genuine burden and concern, the promise is there. We would come again with rejoicing, bringing your sheaves with him. Lord Jesus, thank you for this church. Lord, thank you that we just enjoy coming here so much. Thank you for the pastor. I pray for Brother Jet. Lord, I pray that you help these people to continue to be behind their pastor. And Lord, the result will be that many people get saved. Lord, we're grateful for the fellowship that we have each time we come. And Lord, even right now, I just want to ask the folks this question, Lord. And while our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, what's a joy to the preacher is when people respond. So how many of you felt that God spoke to you from the message tonight? 
just by uplifted hand, up, up and back down. Isn't it a blessing that if we stay with the Word of God, preacher, folks are going to be blessed and be encouraged, be helped, and they'll grow in the Lord. It would be good tonight, I didn't say this for you to come to the altar, but it would be good if you would, because I'm going to let the preacher take the invitation in just a moment. But our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If God has dealt with you in a certain way tonight, do you know what helps? Is when you go to an altar and say, Lord, you help me from the word of God tonight. That preacher hits them verses. And I'm thankful I'm saved. I remember being drawn by the spirit of God. But oh, there's a world of people all around us headed for a devil's hell. If God's people would just see how we could be effective by just leaving the gospel track. Lord, I pray that in a few moments we turn the service over to Brother Jet, that there will be a response. Even if those that don't come to the altar would say, Lord, I want to do better. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we stand on our feet? Preacher, the service is yours. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.